Ethan Hawke has never been scarier. Today I'm talking about The Black Phone. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i'm talking about the black phone which is a recent horror thriller uh from blumhouse featuring ethan hawk and directed by scott derrickson who previously worked on sinister together and i thought this one was really good so without further ado let's get started what do you do after you move on from a marvel movie doesn't happen often, but every now and then, Marvel and a director agree to part ways before the film is even finished. The most famous example is Edgar Wright's departure from Ant-Man. But the recent Multiverse of Madness was originally meant to be a return for director Scott Derrickson. Until it wasn't. So what do you do when you can't make a creepy superhero movie? How about a terrifying supernatural child abduction movie with Ethan Hawke scaring the bejesus out of people? Yeah, that'll work. Taking place in 1978, the Denver suburbs are reeling from a series of child abductions by a man known only as The Grabber. This includes Finney Blake, who tries to manage bullying from his peers by day and his alcoholic father's mood swings at night. But things go from bad to worse when Finney is captured by The Grabber and then begins hearing ringing from a phone in his room that's been disconnected for decades. So I love the setup for The Black Phone. The main idea is that Ethan Hawke's grabber doesn't want to just kill his victims. He seems to have a very specific idea of violations they have to mit in his care before he hurts them and ultimately kills them. This means Finney has time to try and mastermind and escape. And that's where the supernatural element comes in. The titular Black Phone has technically been dead for years, but Finney, who, like his sister, seems to have some spiritual medium-esque abilities, is able to hear it ring, and gets calls from the Grabber's previous victims. And said victims all give him advice or means of trying to escape and fight back. It's like a ghostly revenge on the man who stole their lives while also heightening the tension in an already tense situation, because they let him know what's coming. These scenes manage to be both creepy and cathartic, since we get glimpses of the deceased young men who are often bloodied, but also get the feeling that their deaths aren't in vain, like maybe, just maybe, their spirits can rest. Of course, the main reason this movie is so terrifying in the first place is Ethan Hawke. Now, don't get me wrong, being snatched up by a dude who dresses up like a member of Slipknot when you know he's already killed a bunch of boys just like you is terrifying enough by itself. As is the fact that his face is almost always hidden behind a mask, and therefore making (laughs) making his face nigh impossible to pin down. But goodness gracious does Hawk nail the ups and downs of this creep's vocal delivery. One of the ways to screw up a horror villain is to give them one dynamic. If they're always yelling, that can work in small doses. But because this movie's horror is predicated on the back and forths between the Grabber and Finney, you need variety and Hawk's delivery is completely unpredictable. At one point, he sounds like a creepy clown, then guttural and angry before exploding the next second. That unpredictability is terrifying. With that as our creepy baseline, the rest of the movie can be centered around Finney's attempts to find a way out, while his sister, who is definitely a medium, vacillates over whether or not to use her gift to try and track her brother down. 
Not just because her father abuses her every time she tries to tap into said gift, but also because we're told that her mother succumbed to voices and took her own life. There's a nice straight thematic line for everyone involved. Finny, who is shown to constantly be bullied, gets to fight back and be strong, and his sister Gwen gets to prove her the value of her gifts, then that she's not exactly like her mother. And because it's Team Sinister, we also get the hazy filter and visions coming in via sketchy film stock to add to the atmosphere. In short, this movie is very creepy, very effective, and ultimately rewarding. 7 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.